1: The Custard TV podcast, the one place on the web where I remove a hernia like that at the start, and then we move on and we talk about TV news reviews and previews. And Gary is older than he was last time because yeah. he had a birthday. Yeah. In the words of Stevie Wonder, oh, happy no, no. birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And you don't have
2: to pay anymore for it's, right. it's all right. Do Do I not?
1: Oh,
3: no, yeah, you you're thinking of the traditional happy birthday. Yeah, you've got to pay Stevie
1: Wonder, obviously, but don't worry. knows. Yeah. I've still got his uh, bank account details from when you did Superstition. Oh, so I'll enough. just do,
3: I'll do the transfer. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you still got his sunglasses.
1: No, he, he needs them. They're his eyes. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> nice to... Uh, uh, can I just I'm... say, Gary's tweet on the 19th of October says the following. <laughs> Today, I bought a fridge magnet... New toothbrush heads, pans, cutlery, and a neon front door sign, and a foot diary.
2: No, no, no. What's a uh, what's it, a foot diary? You got that the wrong way round. It actually was supposed to be a. It was a fridge magnet foot diary, and it should have been fridge magnet food diary. But uh, okay, Not foot diary. But so what, it's it's like an A three fridge magnet where you can write down what you're going to have for dinner each week. Well, what's a foot diary? It's a misspelling, it should have been food diary.
3: Isn't a food diary what people use when they're on, like, a diet? I
2: suppose I should have put food planner rather than food diary, but it's, yeah. like, it's got days of the week on it so that I can write down what so i just, like, your
3: dinner. menus, your menus. Yeah,
2: because <laughs> yeah. one of the things that was useful in hospital was knowing what I was going to have for dinner each day, so I just thought, <laughs> maybe <laughs> that that's... Is so that hard. is very useful, isn't it? Yeah, very useful. You know, I just thought it'd be a like good to idea it. to
3: plan... No, ahead. I'm with you, no. Gary. Yeah, it's good to plan ahead. Yeah.
2: What's the neon front door sign as well? Because I live in a converted garage that's been turned into a house, I don't have a door sign outside that says what my door number is. So at the moment, I've got, I've got a, um, a a bit of plastic sticking on the outside and inside of my window out that says the door number. Well, now that I've been here for three years, I thought, no, I'll splash out and get do yourself you a slack.
1: Is it just oh. me or do you think you're le- you not legally allowed to live there? I don't know whether he's legally allowed to be
2: there. You've got a phone call? Yeah, I've got a phone call. I'm just going to go silent to take it if you bear with
1: me. (laughs) He's going to go silent. I love that.
2: (laughs) Go (laughs) rogue.
3: What does he mean? He lives in a converted garage. There's so much to go. No, you missed this. We were talking about this. Um, He lives next door to his landlord who converted his old garage into a house. Is it legal? I don't know. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff.
0: Gary. I'd never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional.
3: Talking telly.
0: Try it, just for one week. Just try the programme for one week.
2: This is the Custard TV Podcast. Oh, oh Oh, is that? Gary,
3: can you you, uh, explain to Luke your living arrangements? Because he's a bit rude.
2: Yeah, the house I live in was built by my landlord on top of where his garage was. So, uh, where his garage was, he's built a house. He's a builder. It doesn't sound do legal. Gonna... Yeah, it's like a granny house. It's like an extension. He got planning permission. Or a Gary house. <laughs> no, no, it's a Gary oh, house. I was going to do that one. It's a Gary <laughs> house. He also built... <laughs> a Gary flats. flat. He also built the flats next door <laughs> to uh, where I live. The other side. So, so if, he's now, it... so I'm afraid if you, you were living in... If you were living on the
1: side work. of his house, it would be a Gary annex.
3: Yeah, moving on. Uh, this is well, what the Gary we'll the the Gary time. flat, surely.
1: <laughs> Can we just do this the whole time? <laughs> Gary front. Do you know what front door number you would be, though, Gary?
2: Yeah, I'm not what, giving what it out on you? the air, but I do know. No, yeah, do you, know what you, street you, like, you live on. Live so it's no. like what number you are.
3: Is London such a small hamlet? <laughs> <laughs> what number? No, I, Come on,
2: Gary. What's your, what's your number? I'm twenty
1: A. Does that mean he's twenty and you, so you're twenty A?
2: Yeah. TV, come on. TV, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Deutschland 83, which was on earlier this year, that will be coming back as a new series of Deutschland 86. Uh, on Channel Four or Walter Presents or wherever the devil they want to put it, ITV of renewed Cold Feet for a seventh series. That's eight more episodes in 2017. Slight return to form this week after some dull episode.
3: Well, not dull, but just a bit lifeless. I, I, I don't know. I've enjoyed this series apart from I think it was episode five we both were a bit down on. Yeah. But this week's one. It was just good. I can't forgive them good for. the have Robert James Nesbit in the lead, and as you said on Twitter, Liam Best as well was quite good in. I'd
1: forgotten that she was in the most recent series, Line of Duty. And she was
3: also in that um, Undercover as well. Yeah, and Home Fries,
1: apparently. And now, Gary heads the Westway.
2: Other side, uh, AMC have renewed The Walking Dead for Series 8. That's even before Series 7 has uh, been shown, uh, with its big spoiler of uh, who's going to be killed. And also, uh, if you're a fan like me of the television series Bosch, uh, then Amazon have already renewed this for Series 4, again before Series 3 is even shown. Uh, so they're committing early to this show. Have either of you seen the film called Frequency, which starred Dennis Quaid? I'm aware of it, but not seeing it. Aware of it. OK, the basic premise was that uh, Dennis Quaid was able to speak to his father uh, via a, a CB radio. Uh, so what happened was that they've taken that and turned it into a television show. Uh, and basically, the, the basic premise is that this uh, detective, uh, Ramey Sullivan, played by Peyton List, who you may have seen, uh, had bit parts in other shows. She's not a, a, a featured actress, but uh, you'll probably recognise her as someone that's been in a lot of bit parts. I've part. heard the name. Yeah, um she's, she's she's quite attractive, so you've probably seen her. Uh and um, look the her un- up now. The only other person of note in the television programme that I've ever heard of is Mary, she's eighteen. What? <laughs> what? she's allowed not allowed what's to what's going on, God <laughs> No, she was born in nineteen eighty six. That makes it, her 20. I'm looking at the wrong one then, if you're saying Peyton List. No, she was born in August 1986 in Boston. I'm looking at the Hang wrong on. one, then. You're looking at the wrong one. There can't be two
1: Peyton Lists. It's such a peculiar name in the first place. He was,
2: uh, she was in 90210, the remake, and Mad Men and the Tomorrow People. No, and... there are two Peyton Lists. Well, <laughs> That's unbelievable. Both... It's incredible. Maybe somebody <laughs> should make a list of Peyton Lists. Um... <laughs> We've just done it. <laughs> We've just done it. There you are. Uh, basically, this detective, she makes contact with her dead father. Her father was killed supposedly on a uh, uh, turning into a bad cop. You know, he was taking money. It turns out in the first episode that she's able to work out that he was undercover uh, because he's talking to her via this CB radio. And via the course of the first episode, he manages to avoid death. Now, what this does is is completely mess up your timeline, you know, back to the future and all that. And in the new timeline, she no longer has her mother alive. She was killed by the serial killer that her father was trying to find. And she is no longer with her boyfriend, uh, which leads to a wonderfully hilarious scene where she goes and meets her boyfriend and her parents for dinner. And they have got no idea who she is. The show's not bad as a pilot. Obviously, pilots in America are made to be picked up. They're made in such a way to grab you and may not be indicative of how the series is. Uh, it's being released each week on Netflix, similar to Designated Survivor, so you can get a new episode every Thursday. There's already about three on there now, two, I think. I, I recommend it if you've if so you enjoyed fair, the film. To be fair, three is about two, and two is about if three. three is so... roughly two. You know, I, I, yeah. I you know, missed that part of the research. And um, <laughs> I, 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 highly, I no, highly recommend this too much. If you are you like a bit of sci-fi, if you like a bit of this type of show, I recommend it. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Obviously, the rest of the series is set up in a way in which perhaps she's going to try and save her mother uh, from the same fate. Uh, but I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. Maybe through instructing her father 20 years past and things like that, she'll be able to help him catch the serial killer before he kills her mum. That's I think where the series is going. Have either of you been able to watch any episodes of the new US sitcom on E4 called Blackish? Well, if you if you listened last week, Luke said he'd seen it already. Oh, Hansi, okay. Uh, I've watched three episodes and now decided not to record any more. Uh, okay, well, fair but, enough that you watched three.
1: How many, how so many Goldbergs did you get through?
2: Probably about a, 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 a week or two's worth. Probably about seven episodes, I'd say, before I decided it wasn't. I, I think it just, uh, the, the premise of the show is that basically this guy uh, believes that he is no longer fulfilling his role as a uh, the father of a black family. His children are very uh, middle class. Anthony Anderson, isn't it? That's right. Kangaroo yeah. Jack fame. Yeah, and he he himself is about now. It's
1: about time we mentioned that on the podcast. Oh, Kangaroo way, Jack!
2: But... We, we need to do a you... whole
1: podcast on the on the career of Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what sure. we need to well, do. Well, do. That,
3: that,
2: stand by me and that screen film he was in. Yes, those three things. <laughs> it be a long episode. Uh, he he's made the uh, senior vice president of urban uh, development in his office. Uh, he feels that that's a rather derogatory role because urban is kind of like you know the sort of the same word for black. And the whole series kind of revolves around him trying to instill a uh, African American uh, ethos into his family. I think the best thing about the show is the dad played by Lawrence Fishburne.
3: He is he's very got, good at it. He, he
2: has a wonderful dry sense of humour, and and manages to be critical and funny in the same sentence, which I think is hard to pull off. And I didn't find the relationship between him and his wife at all believable. Um, I disagree which there. Is, but he's well, no, I didn't. I I didn't. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, I, I think as well. I think it's very hard. I think I'm going to be controversial here. Ooh, oh, no, no, I'm Gareth. not. No, I'm not going to be controversial. This is aimed at a certain market, and I'm not in that market. Luke, are you I'm in so the what,
1: what what market would it be, Gary? People go. Gary, Gary's uh. Gary's gone dark again. <laughs>
3: Maybe not the Bad best phrase, phrase to <laughs> <laughs> oh, use. I
2: just. Oh God! I don't feel like I don't feel like I related to anything that any of the. Fine, that's of fair the
3: enough. That's fair enough. I think if you're not, gone, Luke, you Luke, did you He's God, gone God, Duncan. Duncan. Luke, Luke, <laughs> is this, your, this <laughs> I, was I, your pick I, of the week last week. It
1: was my pick of the week. I just wanted to point people out to it. Because, again, we don't do the sort of comedy that asks awkward questions and, you know, points the camera at different sides of the, you know, the world. But I, but I did enjoy it, um, and we don't do comedy like it, unfortunately.
3: I mean, it does link a little bit into uh, Insecure as well, doesn't it, which was on sky atlantic last week which i did see the um i did insecure but mm.
1: the language bought it for me and that's the hbo effect you know because Ga-
3: Ga- yeah what gary was saying about the anthony anderson character there being sort of in head of urban relations it's similar to the one of the similar, characters yeah. in Insecure, where she's like is it like a non-profit organization i can't remember the yeah. name of it, it who's meant to sort of like look through, look after any city kids, and they look to her because she's the only black woman who works there. And that, to me, was the the best bit of the, of insecure. Was those scenes where she was at work and things like that. I think other bits, it as you say, felt more
1: natural there, and the, the other bits weren't as so natural for me. Well, if, as
3: you say about the, the the language, if you look at the episode titles, they're all quite x rated.
1: Yes, yeah, and it puts somebody like me, who's apparently a massive prude. Off of things like that, but I I did enjoy Blackish. And having lived in the States, which is something I mention every week on the podcast. If you're drunk, you know if you use that as a drinking game, you'll be blundered by now. But I do think ABC, particularly, which used to be a very family-safe place for comedy, didn't take any risks. They are doing a lot of different things. Fresh off the boat is about a Chinese mm. family. You'd never seen that a few years ago when I was living there. Blackish is very similar. Except not a Chinese What comedy.
3: network is Speechless on?
1: ABC. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've, we've got some, some, you know, different comedies. I and mean, I don't think we do anything to the same degree. If you look at our comedies, the only ethnic comedy we have is Citizen Khan, which I'm deeply mm. offended and ashamed by.
3: And yeah, I'm just uh, trying to think. Um, it. I mean, there are a few on, like, BBC yeah. Three, aren't there? I think they do... I, I suppose
2: you it. could say a packet, a, a packet of crisps oh, and a, a pint of lager was slightly like that.
1: No. Slightly. <laughs> what? Ethnic? It had northern people well, in
3: it. That's an ethnic. The ethnic and ethnicity. Sort of <laughs> Northerners. But, but, what yeah. about that one with Jasper Carrot and Mira Sayal years ago? That was. Okay, let's just stop now. <laughs> was that the thin blue line? Wasn't
1: it? Well... No. It's called oh, all God. about <laughs> me. And... Oh God! Got that? Got that one out? Cut that
3: out! Yeah. I know what I want to start with, because I'm really intrigued about what Gary thinks about See,
1: it. See, can I just say, uh, before we get going, yeah. Yeah. I've been listening to the podcast of late, because I have to edit the damn things, right? And what the review section has turned into is Matt asking Gary questions. Because we have conversations know, the
2: week.
3: I but... know, but people maybe, don't know maybe, that.
2: Maybe you two shouldn't have the conversations. And they yeah, People don't...
3: Yes. Me and you have very similar opinions, whereas Gary is completely... <laughs> like... I know, but
1: people don't know the, my opinion. Do, they don't listen into those conversations that we have. It's okay. the same as Matt,
3: don't worry about it. Ordinary Lies um, yeah. was back. I remember when we reviewed the, f- the first episode of the first series, and you hated it completely. You were like, uh, you know, it uh, lasted 20 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Um Let me just uh, cue this up. This is the second series of Danny Brocklehurst's workplace anthology drama. Uh, This time we're in Wales with people like Kimberly Nixon and um, Angela Griffin. And in this first episode, we had Con O'Neill, who was most recently in Happy Valley. He plays like the sales manager, I think, who early on has an accident at work, goes home, finds there's like a bolt on the door. His wife's home. She's she should be at work and he's wondering is she having an affair like the first series i don't know if you remember last year where it's ordinary lies was jason manford lying that his wife had died and that was the the premise for the first episode Mm. this one is it was slightly it's sort of at the start seems slightly more believable in that it was he was paranoid about his wife and we learned going on that he'd uh, previously been an alcoholic he was Sort of trying to get through that by working outside with like the scouts and things like that. Gary, let me just see. What did you think of this one? Did you enjoy it or?
2: I would say I was pretty close to a 10 minute and out. Uh, <laughs> I can't really tell you why I kept watching. I think possibly because did I, you watch uh, the whole I, hour. I watched the whole thing. And, wow. And it, enjoyed, it enjoyed it at the end. <laughs> I think this was a 45, 50 minute build up to 10 minutes of very good television. Well, what, think... what
3: did you think of the reveal, Luke? Because the reveal was that she was part of like a a Predator yeah. gang who were hunting down paedophiles because their daughter had been abused when she was younger, and and uh, the wife played by Jill Halfpenny had never really gotten over it. To be fair, I didn't see it coming, but, no, I, did but... It was, oh, I did think it was. I did
1: think it was a tiny bit daft. Yeah, because
3: like what what I was thinking was all you know he's learned from the first series where everything was outlandish like we had the drug smuggling one we had Mackenzie Crook organising like a, a car theft to pay off whilst his gambling also pets. having
1: a double life because
3: that well, wasn't also enough. Also the sec- yeah whilst also having a second family whereas this you know felt quite ordinary to an extent that he thinks his wife is cheating on him and he goes to the step of like rigging up cameras in the house, putting them in the fire alarms and things like that. It seemed believable until that final scene where everything went mental for 10 minutes.
2: Yeah, at one point as well, he always also thought she might have been a lesbian because hmm. the, the people that she was bringing back to home were mainly, mainly women. He, he knew his son was smoking cannabis, but, but there wasn't really any explanation of where the thing ended up. And basically the, the thing ended up where you're right she was running a, a this kind of like uh, to catch a predator thing and also his 17 year old son was potentially having sex with an underage girl yeah so he was 16 she was
3: 13 or 14 wasn't she and that was That's the thing right.
2: that, it was the thing that their daughter had been
3: groomed and abused by an older man but he would never sort of properly been charged he'd got away with it and mm. con o'neill's way of coping with it was to uh, become an alcoholic start drinking and um, Jill Halfpenny had um, done this, you know, catching other people, you know, catching, yeah, sort of uh, trying to groom uh, teenage girls on the internet.
2: The intriguing thing was right at the end with the letter to her, yeah, um, from was that from US prison services. I couldn't, UK, UK what, prison services. UK right? prison services. Yeah. And I think we learn... Well, I think I think we know where we think that is going based on the previews for next week, we think. There was,
3: like, a recurring thread throughout the last series, if I remember, where, like, Joe joined his husband had gone missing and that was the sort yeah. of they rarely right. seen it. Sean, Sean Dooley. Yeah. So anyone... anyone sort of sticking with this, Luke? Do you want to pick well, up on a point? M-
1: my problem is that Danny Brocklehurst, who's done some good stuff, he cut his teeth on Clocking Off, which was another anthology series that I liked. He did Exile a few years ago. Mm-hmm. He's done some good stuff. But I don't know whether it's the age of TV we're living in or just the style of the show he's decided to do. But it just, you you have to enjoy this and just know that it's going to be bonkers. What I liked about mm-hmm. Clocking Off was it told similar stories with proper uh, characters, but never went bonkers. It always felt like those people really worked in that factory and were, and these things mm-hmm. were genuinely happening to them. I don't know mm-hmm. whether it's the age of people wanting a big twist and wanting a big yeah.
3: shock, But I, I think already these characters are more likeable than the last lot. Yes, I think it might easily. have to do with it. And with the actors, I mean, we like a lot of these people, Con O'Neill and um, Kimberly, Kimberly Nixon, Nixon, who's who's in I, next I, week's one. She's the main I character. I think I to watch next week's because it focuses on her. I feel exactly the same way. So me too. There you So all three of us are going to stick with it again. Something I'm not. Again, this is another one where Luke talked to me about this. This is him, the ICV drama, and told me it was it was absolutely crazy and weird and. To use a similar
1: term to what we did, I think it's bonk. I do genuinely think it's completely bonkers.
3: They used a specific word to domestic describe it. horror. They called domestic, domestic horror, horror. Uh, and it's focusing a lot upon a young lad who you never know the name of, which feels like a really smug plot device that I hated. You just did you not know his name? No, they don't. Oh, name. that's why it's called him. I didn't know that. I didn't know because he's that. only referred to as him, and that's why oh, it's called right. him. But I just found that like to be like a really... all are like, like, isn't put- that clever? Yeah. Isn't that clever? They've never done that before. Uh, so he um, is like a young lad. His parents have got divorced. They've both got new uh, partners now, are both married. The mum played by Catherine Kelly is married to former Casualty and Strictly star Patrick Robinson. And the dad who's played by... James Murray. James Mori, who I who I always mix up with uh, Andrew Buchan. I I, I, can I, see I yeah, they do look. Yeah, that. there
2: is a similarity. And yeah.
3: he and he's married to I don't know the actress, but um, she lady. she's yeah she I mean she's horrible. horrible. She's like
1: really horrible. On, just before we get into this, they're yeah. all horrible. They're yeah, all they are all horrible. horrible Kat, even people. the boy.
3: This is basically Matilda with a with a really sloppy... Gary, was that <laughs> not my? It, it, didn't I just it, it, say
2: this to exactly Gary? It's exactly what Luke said before you. I mean, were
3: they're like, go, they're going for sort of carry, aren't they? But it's more like Matilda because every time the adult says something he doesn't like, he he gets like he can control things. Basically, he gets really angry. His eyes go thing, and then he can control various things. Early on, he sort of organizes like a car a car crash. Later on, he when Patrick Robinson is having a go at him. He almost has all these tools fall on his head, and there's, and there's uh, this there's hilarious scene, scene in where
1: episode,
3: this, where, yeah. where these tools are just dangling over his head. Yeah. yeah. And then the final scene, he's had a really big blow up with his his stepmother. Is just, I mean, as you say everyone in this is horrible. Uh, Catherine Kelly, I think, is meant to be. We're meant to like but her a little she's bit. She's horrible. I hated yeah. her. I hated everybody. But it's it's meant to be as well. This this power that he's got is meant to be inherited from his granddad, and it's skips a generation. And um, his grandma, who's played by Susan Jameson, very famous actress, is saying he needs to sort of um, control these powers and stuff like that. But at the end, he has a really big blow-up with his stepmother and uh, basically uh, the roof caves in. Is that right? Am I remembering? That's
2: right, yeah. The the bath comes into the... Yeah.
3: And basically floods her bedroom and we get the impression that she's gonna lose the twins that she's carrying.
1: I know Gary's a bit more open minded about completely ridiculous T V than I am, but I don't know who this is for. I no. genuinely don't know no, who this is
2: I, for. No, I I feel like this is uh, I feel like this is, is is been put in as a filler. This feels like a filler. I don't really know thought, where you know, they're going with. Weird. It. You look at
3: this and you look at Paranoid, and there's just like a lot of weird drama on ITV. At yeah, on. I know what
1: you're saying, Gary,
2: but you you don't you don't commission things thinking I need a filler for. Th- <laughs> you know, as I just say equally, I think I don't know where they're going with this, and as you say, who is it aimed at? It's got a very strong teenage lead, mm. but it's on at nine o'clock. That's not a teenage market, particularly ITV, and yet. As a family, as you say, who do you empathise with? You're not there's no one nice and in the programme. So I they, don't even you... like him. It's almost like they're putting it on because they put it on
3: on Wednesday night up against like the lead-in from the Bake Off to the Missing. It's yeah. like why would you? You'd put some like random documentary, documentary about clampers. About
2: <laughs> then why haven't they? You could have, you could have paired this up with the level on a Friday night or something, or or no, wait until Paranoid was drama. finished and show it then. Yeah. But there's nothing. It feels bad. like they're like running out of the clock on a lot of drama
3: they commissioned Because uh, I read recently, because yeah. uh, Polly Hills just come in, hasn't she from yeah. BBC? And she's just commissioned her first four dramas, which include and Luke will be happy about this a K melodrama. drama. Oh, I cannot wait for hating that.
2: <laughs> oh, I, uh, I don't think there's anything. Bad about this programme. Oh, no, no, thing no I bad, I Gary. I think the writing is okay, and I think there no, is no, no, no. it's no, not. No, no, no. Hold on. I'm allowed my opinion. There is no, a storyline in
3: there there is, I, there
2: is I just don't know no there is a storyline there he
3: is right there's a story it's a rubbish well, story are, it's, it's a, a, a terrible
1: story that should never yeah. have been commissioned and put on yeah. telly would anyone that you know watch this and enjoy it because surely anyone's going to go it's completely bonkers because at first I thought is he imagining these things hmm. are they
3: really happening
1: and then of course they are happening it's and as soon you as you realise that
3: You're, what it is I think is that it's as you say the domestic horror but these two things don't balance. If it went full on bonkers, like horror, like a Mm -hmm. sort of, buffy type thing or something like that if it embraced it at the same time it wants to be this sort of kitchen sink sort of family drama as well yeah it's lost those two elements don't mesh together as you said luke it's going to alienate the fans of sort of standard sort of domestic drama and like outlandish horror drama because it's in that middle ground that no one really wants and i think that's the problem with it
1: but if cold feet wasn't on ITV's drama this autumn is just not.
3: Yeah, I've just I've just finished existing. watching the I finished watching the level, and that was like the, like very you know middle of the road sort of forgettable. But they do look like they're try they're, they're trying for a series two on the level, so we'll have to
1: oh. see. <sighs> it, it does feel like poor Le- Kevin Lingo's is just going. Well, they've commissioned this, they've filmed this, they've made this. Yeah. May as well get it out yeah. now.
2: That that's what yeah. I mean by filler. It's like we've got it, we might as well show it. Should we quickly go into the missing
3: and Luke and. Go and powder his nose or something. I'm going to or... go dark
2: myself. Actually, you
1: know what? For fans of weeing on the podcast, I might do that very thing. I might pound.
3: Please don't my
2: wee nose. on the podcast. Oh! <laughs> I'm going to pee you on your have got an SM film coming out this week. You can, don't remind you us, Gary. Don't remind us. I've had one
3: course of uh, therapy. Why, yeah, could I just ask? Because I listen to that. Why would it be coming out
2: at Christmas? <laughs> well, when else do you bring out an SM film? <laughs> The gift family. for the whole family, yeah. The gift yeah. that keeps on not giving. Something, something for all the family to cry about. <laughs>
3: right, go do something. The missing episode two, Gary, do, want to leave,
2: do you want right. to leak the screws? Because I've watched episode three already, so I feel right. I might get some Episode away. two is straight on from the end of episode one, obviously, uh, where the reveal of the fact that Alice is dead. Uh, but you now get a lot more stuff. Oh, is the, it Alice? Well, that's right. Now you get now you get this kind of exposure where it, it, the theory is that that is actually Sophie Giroux, and I can't say that name normally. <laughs> no, I have to go Sophie Giroux. You have Giroux. to do it like Julian Baptista. That's right. There is a very very strong link now between the character of uh, is it Luke Reed, Daniel Reed, Daniel Reed. Sorry, you get this kind of very good thing again where they move around the time sl- slots. You know, they move around from the present day to. When Alice is his first 2014 found 2014 and 2016. You got more of an expose about Roger Roger Allen's character. Allen's, isn't yeah,
3: it? he's now got dementia, but he's like, I, and I read that. I won't take credit for this because I read this somewhere else. He's almost playing the Ken Stock role in this series, like yeah, that's very who, true. Who seems like really nice at first and then that's the unsettling scene at the end. What happens in this series, this episode is we get introduced to the butcher and the butcher's wife, who yeah. is obviously hiding some secrets. She used to be in the army, I think, with Daniel Ree's father, Henry. That's right, yeah, that's um, it. So they've got a connection there. But basically, the but at the end of the episode, the butcher is the one who's sort of accused of being the one who abducted Alice and Sophie. After Roger Alam brings her the photo and she says, yes, that's him. But,
2: but then there's she also says, that very she says to him,
3: Yeah, she says to him... How can you
2: live with what you've done? So there no, is something. The, yeah, there's something there. But we still don't know how uh, her father gets scarred. We don't know no. how, where, what's happened to the baby.
3: Healy Hawes is looking through photos of a roller coaster, um, something there. The, as the well.
2: part that leads Julien Baptiste is that he gets this, he finds this clip of um, Sophie Giroux and it looks very much like a younger version of this. Well, no, person. what it, it no what, is it, Alice, it? what
3: it no 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 what it is? It's the uh, the movement with the hands, the wrist movements, the nervous. He's oh, basing, sure,
2: but there's also a strong
3: lookalike. Yeah, isn't there's there, a, as well, there is a, there is a resemblance, but the main thing yeah. he's basing it on. It's like was it in the first series? Was it like a jumper or a scarf or something? It was a scarf, wasn't
2: it? It was a scarf, which that was very... led
3: everything to yeah. the first series was very much like a who done it. This series is a lot more, there's a lot more questions and it's a lot more like, is it Alice? Is it Sophie? Why is Julian in Iraq? What's going on there? Why is Keely Hawes looking at the photos on the, on the roller yeah. coaster? It's a lot, there is a
2: <coughs> lot more questions. Julian in Iraq? Know, a,
3: yeah, the, there is the, a lot more questions about what's going on and it's not as sort of linear, is it? It's not, not as clear, clear cut. There was I... one big question in the first series. This series, there's lots of small mysteries which are obviously going to build up and hopefully climax in the last episode.
2: I very much compared this to the American series Damages, which I don't know whether you've seen Luke hasn't. and I have I watched, yeah, done. yeah, yeah. I watched the first couple of series of that. Yeah, yeah, so did I. I think I watched up to series four. The first series is the best because what mm-hmm. they did was they showed you the last scene. Uh, Ted Danson. They showed you the last scene and then strung it out pulled at the strings i called it of, of, of the threads of the You've story got, like
3: sort of the ending was the beginning and you got flashbacks to that every episode didn't you, as That's you right. went and,
2: that, yeah. and that ha- and that and this the missing has that feel <laughs> these these way the way in which they move around the timelines it gives you little bits of information one, one other thing oh, I, I think will, really
3: good i will applaud them on is the casting because i think the, the girl that they've they've got to play alice looks like she would be the daughter of david morris and keely hall she's got a strong
2: resemblance to both yeah him, i think i can't wait for the next episode of the missing now no. i know you've already seen it so, i have already seen uh, it. don't spoil it but i am looking forward to watching it this just in for your entertainment get the latest tv news direct from the TV.com. my god you
0: are pure television Guaranteed.
2: Look, Gary, you do
3: uh, Crazy Head, because I didn't
2: see this. You can quickly Okay, do Crazy Head is written by the creators of Misfits. Basically, this is a kind of Buffy the Vampire Slayer kind of rip-off. This is about a young girl who uh, has been having mental health problems and is coming off her medication. And one of the side effects is that she sees demon faces in people. She obviously believes it's part of her medication and coming off of it. But she's uh, met by someone who convinces her that she's a seer. It's very much teenage market set. I don't know. It's just it, it, it's it's vulgar in places. I would say almost. I, didn't know I think seer Luke... was in
1: it though. Didn't you say seer was in it? Just
2: who's who's seer? That's seer hangs from chandeliers. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was Del Boy, wasn't it? <laughs> God, contemporary references, much. <laughs> I, I have no idea who you're talking about. I'll have to look that up. Sia
1: is it, Sia is the singer that you never see. Ironically, have a look. He has for like her.
2: A, a massive. Never print. heard of her. Is she anything is he like joking? Lady Gaga? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Fine. Vulgar language. I think um, they've gone for the shock value. They, they go for scenes which would oh, be we shocking. We really come across as prudes on this podcast. No, but, it, but don't forget... I'm I know. No, we I'm I can't. Luke was become... saying
3: earlier about Insecure, about how he doesn't like the language in that, and you don't like the language in Crazyhead. But
2: I can't I can't become a 17-year-old boy anymore. Uh, <laughs> what not like anymore? Got... <laughs> I once was one, is what I mean. Uh, I don't so believe that. So I can't that. tell you... I can't tell you how I feel about this show, from that point of view, because I think the language and the subject matter took over a little bit. I think there's something there again. There's something there, like Misfits. You know, there's a, there's a good kind of storyline in there. Towards the end, you realise there's there's a there's a, there's a there's a there's it's really like uh, Buffy because there's an angel type character. You know, one of them that's actually turned good. There's even a big baddie, which is the psychiatrist that's seeing. Uh, the female yeah, we're, character. we're sounding
1: more like children. We, we really are. I don't like the swearing. There's a big
2: baddie in it as well.
3: No, no, because <laughs> no, compa- no, that's
2: what always happened. They, they,
3: they were, were called big bads, not big baddies. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm not going to be watching the second episode or any more, but I can see how this will have a market because... Anyway. It, 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 also, it would, it, there would be people who would watch this. You didn't mention the horse. The horse was the name of a drug that uh, was being handed out in the nightclubs. See, I would have wanted a real horse, or at least a pantomime horse. Well, you got, got neither. Right. A real horse. Um, quickly
1: touch of horses on. Horses
3: on... <laughs> shall we quickly touch on the apprentice? <laughs> I don't know where we went from there. Where were you going with horses? <laughs> I don't. There, I there don't were donkeys think you on the do do beach it. at Brighton. Donkeys on there. We go. This week's task was to uh, make a m- manufacture uh, a brand of sweets. Uh, the product managers were uh, Oliver, the Sausage King, who looks a- reminds me a lot of Tom Hollander. And yeah. um, oh, thank you! That's ruined it. That's ruined my I, rewatch of Rev I, later in the year. Like Hugh Grant in Four Weddings. I I still can't get on board with this series. I'm I just, amazed. I I There's just too many think it, who yeah, they yeah, no, have and I think as well,
2: that Is it Henry or ju- William. I think. Where did he, was, hell did he come from? I think. As well, <laughs> have you finished? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Are you I on think- the
3: same podcast as
2: Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm recording two at the same time.
3: <sighs> uh, as you said last week, they're all idiots, and usually you have one yeah. or two idiots, and that's what makes it entertaining. But you just can't like deal with the fact that any of these people would make a good business partner. Like last week, neither of them won the task. You like. I just don't think it's got any credibility this series if you know what I mean. It's just all yeah. oh. I don't all sp- I, <laughs> I don't I suppose I don't watch it for credibility. I
2: watch yeah, it you for You know what idiots. I mean?
3: You do get you need the best of both worlds. I think I think, I think
2: again the only person this week that showed any acumen even though it was seen as pushy was the sub team leader uh, for the for the Sof- cra- Sofie, trade team Sofie or
3: Sof- yeah Sofian. i can't sophie no
2: he he but, was annoying i found him incredible well no annoying. but but to be fair he struck the best deal and had the right idea and i think although people criticize is I, i'm sorry is it, is it william or henry the black guy i can't remember his name henry Steve. i think henry he piped up in this episode and was like i'm if i can sell him for 750 i'm going to sell him for 750 and actually, he got praised by Lord Sugar. It was like, this isn't, you know, this isn't a competitive area where everything has to be the same. If he can sell it for seven fifty, then that might be what won you this time. In Matt's,
1: Matt's so, defence, I wonder whether it's just the Honey G effect of the X-Men. Mm. as well, where the yeah. idiots are getting all the airtime at the moment, and the and the. Well, that's always been the case. The, the
3: proper people have been. Well,
1: but I a bit think silent. you you've in, still the, got in previous the see- yeah.
3: into in previous series you've had the the nutcases have their five minutes or whatever and the strong characters. Mm. But everyone there's about three or four people who are looking at the route that like Louisa Zisman did and you know James from the other the yeah. other year. They're looking at it not as an opportunity for business but an opportunity to get their character across, and that's why you've got Jessica there being an idiot. Carfic with his, you know, there's, it just doesn't feel like, at the end of the day, even though they got like ran around like headless chickens in like every series, you yes. still got the fact that they were thinking about the business aspects of the task, and now it just, it, it just I, seems.
2: I think what we need is a double or triple firing. Yeah, we I need agree with thin, you. We
3: need to thin
2: yeah. the herd. Yeah, Luke, should we well, well, quickly, quickly have talk, about... talk about
3: this? Talking about. Talking about horses, Matt. What are we doing? Married at First Sight, I was going to do next.
1: I remember enjoying this a lot last year. This year, I think they're doing it wrong.
3: They're tinkering with the format a bit, aren't they? Because last year, what they did was they did it sort of linearly. So the first episode, like they started this episode, was that they did... The
1: U.S. Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Earned great pay with outstanding federal benefits and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash career slash usbp.
3: The matching, doing all the tests and stuff, trying to match all the candidates who were taking it seriously together. And then last year, they had the two, well, there was three couples paired originally, wasn't there? And then one dropped out, so it ended up with just two couples. And you saw those two couples get married and, at the end of the episode, head out on their honeymoon. This year, they they are matching up, I think it's three couples. But uh, this first episode just focused on one of those couples, uh, I believe. Was it Melissa and Clark, their names were? Yeah,
1: but my problem was, and I know you're going to disagree with this. My problem was I didn't like Melissa for whatever reason. I can't tell you why. I just didn't warm to her. And,
3: and Clark said... to me, and Clark to me reminded me he he was like a sort of stretched out version of Jermaine Douglas from The X Factor.
1: God, you need, we need to get my mum on this podcast. She Why? said exactly the same thing. <laughs> she said, "I can't stop." T-. She hated Jermaine originally. She said, "I can't take him seriously now because." Can I, cause that's can I, I
2: just I can check? Do. Would that be as well as you're instead of you? Because I'm only open to one of those ideas.
1: We do we do bi-weekly. We will do
2: bi-weekly. Okay. Could you? Um, One week, I, I think I, our mothers should do a podcast instead of us.
1: Yeah, it'll just be trying to work out how Skype
2: works, though. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, It Wouldn't um, record. Very so much hear, <laughs> like <laughs> the first oh, like, push...
1: word you'd hear. I didn't push the big button. I don't like this new format. I liked following the people along in Yeah, the different like people. the three
3: couples. Like, and because the I
1: couples. didn't warm to Melissa. And Clark looked like Jermaine, as you say. I just found myself disinterested. Mm. I, I have to say, to, I did
3: wind past bits of it where they were talking yeah. to because there are skippable bits, especially as you're only Absolutely focusing on the one couple. What didn't you like about Melissa? It's
1: an, I don't know. It's not really fair to say. I just found her annoyingly overconfident and cocky, and I just didn't warm to her. I, didn't get that. I know, oh. Yeah, I know she's. I know she's in an awkward position. They both are. Also, it annoys me when it used to happen all the time on Don't Tell the Bride, and I know I'm a TV nerd, and I, I apologise for that. I know I don't live in the real world very often. But the amount of people that go in these bridal shops tell the people who work there what they're doing, and you think, well, haven't you seen the first series of Married at
3: First Sight? Don't you know mm. that people get married to... It just annoys me. And, and they're with the a camera crew, and for God's sake. they say. would have had to have signed a waiver beforehand to exactly. allow themselves to be on camera. And they're with
1: a the frigging camera crew. It's not as she's <laughs> popped in. Yeah, when she's filming <laughs> this on
3: her phone.
1: I just annoy. Yeah, they me, would have to I'm one looking forward for that to scene. the
3: the one where we see who the train manager was paired up with, though, because I quite like. Yes, him. he. I liked him a lot
1: actually. On the, you know, as we were meeting, and there was uh, a lot I liked. But it soon as it dawned on me that all the focus was going to be on the two of yeah. them. I thought, oh, a bit disappointed.
3: And um, Luke, what is this you trying to get onto with the horse? I don't know. It's going to it's gonna come to me. It's OK, to uh, me. well, what well, uh, well, I was going to end on, because you've got the crystal maze here, but did you watch uh, the Child yes. Genius? Yes. What a
1: superb <laughs> hour of telling. I loved I... that. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Gar- Gary would love it. I'm sure Gary would love this. I know he hasn't seen... The previous series of
3: Child I Genius, I don't think it matters. I Child Genius, you've got that little extra uh, where, they little of, where they sort of spoofed it by introducing it to the celebrities like they do with the kids <laughs> on Child Genius and their pushy parents, especially uh, Christian and Guru Murphy and his parents. I thought that I was told, brilliant. I'll
1: tell you what they did, what, they, what the celebrities did wrong, and particularly I was screaming at Rachel Riley because <laughs> she is a very clever woman. What she did wrong, she should have just pressed the buzzer. And then giving herself a little bit of time to think—only a few seconds she would have needed—and also it it showed me more because you don't notice it so much when you watch the child geniuses on their show. But on this, they didn't like being wrong or losing at all. And no. You sort of you sort of noticed that more because this was sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing. But you re- you know, they really hated not winning and not coming first and. Well, they did win,
3: spoiler. But Especially know, um, Thomas no Thomas, and Thomas Mog.
1: Yes, and I did think there were some genuine um, comments from Alan Carr towards Thomas when he was doing I his... loved. I loved the stuff
3: with Alan Carr and I the from The Chase. I did, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. It was just it was a just... great hour of TV, and I just think it was... And Alan, I everything no... Alan Carr did, from picking the Golden Girls as his specialist yeah. subject. I had
1: no <laughs> expectation for this at all. I purely recorded it on the Skybox to watch, because I like Child Genius, and I like the people on it. I wasn't in a great deal of rush to watch it, and we put it on, and it was one of my favourite things of the whole year. It just made me smile from beginning and... to end
3: and as i said on twitter i wasn't surprised that rachel riley uh, didn't do well on the spelling because she only knows words that go up to nine letters
1: always good for your twitter <laughs> to get a bit more
3: airing yeah <laughs> i only tweet once a week so you know <laughs> oh, yeah. and then repeat those
1: tweets on the podcast
3: finally uh, the crystal maze which was on afterwards and gary watched this as well uh, this was a uh, a one-off revival, but apparently, did does anyone has anyone seen the ratings? Because I know that they were no. But I know, I, I I know fans
2: like. That I, I don't think has. they would create the Crystal Maze if they weren't thinking that they might get some usage out of it again. It's yeah, you're, you are right.
3: Um, um, I thought,
2: again. I thought this was very good because Stephen Merchant was perfect, and a lot of the a lot of the good stuff was really his asides and his comments. The contestants. You know, Rio Ferdinand is not there for his sparkling wit. Michelle Keegan was very good. Uh, Sarah Cox was quite good, and Johnny Peacock was okay. Didn't hear much or see much of him. I think there will be people that would want to see a new series yeah. of this because the nostalgia is there. There you go. And I I've just Steven found
3: Merchant. the tweet from Channel Four Press was uh, it got three million, which is good, a good rating for Channel Four, especially on. Yeah. Earth. Sunday night, and it won the highest share of 16 to 34s, which isn't yeah. surprising because that's the market that's going to tune in to watch the Crystal Maze for sort of the nostalgia pop. And and finally, yeah. before we go on to pick of the week, uh Luke, what was the thing with the horse? I don't know, Matt. I'm disappointed. <laughs> we're
1: all, let's be honest, we're all, dis- <laughs> let's be honest, we're all a bit disappointed. Uh, well, there's but... your homework. <laughs> yes. Pick of the week. This is something coming up in the week that we want to point you towards. I'm just going to go very quickly. A lot of it is um, continuing shows. Not that many yeah, new things. But yeah. as we as we record right uh, today is Friday, so Friday night is stand up to cancer. I won't be watching a great deal of it. But 10 o'clock on Wednesday is the Gogglebox to stand up to cancer special. Now they're going to show this sporadically throughout stand up to cancer tonight. But this will be the full half hour full hour-long show with um, Steve Coogan, Anna Free, or Olly Murs, who else is on it? Niall Holland, Footballers. But yeah, this will be the full show, so instead of waiting for little bits, 10 o'clock on Wednesday they're going to show it. Uh, So that'll be good. And also, Steve Coogan has, has come out and said he's doing it, obviously to stand up to cancer, but for his friend and Gogglebox narrator, Carolina Hearn. So it's good that she gets a bit of a mention there as well.
2: It's going to be recurring shows. It's going to be the missing, uh, because I really do feel that this is a, a great show. So I'm going to say that. So that's Wednesday nine o'clock. And I'm mm-hmm. going
3: to I'm going to go off piece and do a couple of ones. One is that the fall is is concluding over two nights for some strange reason, Thursday and Friday on BBC Two. Oh, I know uh, it's on Friday. If, if, now, if, how uh... is that
1: going, Matt? How is that progressing?
3: Slowly, at a, at a very slow pace now. Wallander pace. has popped up in it though, Gary. The original Wallander is, is playing. Oh right, yeah. Head of a psychiatric unit in this final final series of the fall, and he always uh, perks things up. <laughs> I suppose uh, Bake Off final is going to be the most watched thing next week uh, on yeah. Wednesday, eight o'clock on BBC One, and then two things that aren't on the telly. Plus the, the Doctor Who spin nope. that starts on Saturday, I believe. And also, I think this is what Gary was going to mention Black Mirror.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. going to
3: binge on that tomorrow. I don't know if it's all something the that can be. Well, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend,
2: recommend that. Well, I'm, I'm going to see... so try and stop me. All
1: right then, if you want to follow us on Twitter, find out whether Gary did actually watch all six of. Is it six or eight?
2: Oh, if it's yeah, eight, yeah. I probably won't, but, you know. <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> and one of them's an hour and a half, so you won't. The oh, well, there you are. I'll
2: probably get but, two um, done, a you know.
1: And, and Miranda's in the final episode as well, so that's that. Um, that's not. Really? No, really? I'm Really? No, no, there's a lot of famous I, English people in I was about in. to try Charlie Brooker. An yeah, and James Norton pops up in one. Um, okay, don't ruin somebody for else me. pops up in another uh, at Luke Custard TV for me, me on Twitter at Matt's TV Bites for this week's weekly tweet from Matt if you want to see what that's going to be and at The Gary Show for Gary you can also like us on Facebook go on you know you want to you like us in real life hold us close to your man boobs and give us a like on Facebook that's what you need to do Could you could have
2: just said bosom
1: you can download this from the website thecustardtv.com and you can uh, subscribe on iTunes. Give us a five-star review as well if you want to on iTunes. Be nice will it? we be back next week is the question everybody's asking. I don't know is the answer that I'm going to give, if I'm honest. Gary and Matt might be. I don't know whether I will be. But, um, but that's something to look forward oh, to, there's, isn't there's it? Something in my,
2: there's something put through my door.
1: Oh, you mean your garage door?
2: <laughs> oh, it's only a pizza thing.
1: So. <laughs> Not a, <laughs> a pizza. pizza? It was
2: interesting. Not a pizza, but a pizza delivery oh. note. I thought it was interesting. The mail. That's something
1: you, if you if you do you you on, on your, your food pizza. diary. You can put it on your food diary, yay!
2: What, you think it's not
1: already on there? Go. <laughs> What's <that? laughs> What is there anything written on the food diary at the
3: moment? Just, yeah, like, Friday. Mon- Friday. Monday, the number of the curry house. Tuesday, the number yeah. of the pizza place. Yeah. Wednesday, yeah. the number of the Chinese. The <laughs> only
2: thing written on there is Friday, fish, chips and peas. <laughs> and then on the, on the shopping list, honey, because I need to get some more honey. Uh, you say so honey you <laughs> next week I'll
3: give you next week I'll give you an update we say uh, Gary what else goes on the list honey yeah you say honey
2: we say Gary why do you need a reminder to buy honey what are you going to use honey for do you want to know go it's on it's to put on the chicken that I cook because you wrap it in bacon so have and you put, put a little bit of honey on it the on the menu board bit well not yet I haven't decided which day of the week I'm going to have it on I th- hang on, hang it's very on. much a work in progress. People.
1: I don't understand. I don't understand why somebody who lives on their own and has a lot of, you know, why do you need a food diary?
2: Well, because sometimes life is complicated, and I need a bit of simplicity in my You've life. Been Luke. off awful week,
3: isn't it <laughs> Nice, Gary. We that, that Luke might not be on the podcast next week. <laughs> also, he might not it just, be on my Christmas card list.
1: I have a question as well about the food diary. If yeah. you don't fancy fish chips
2: and peas tonight, will you have to have it? No, I'm all because I don't. I can't have it because I haven't got any fish this week. But it's been-
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't work.
2: Not set so in stone. You, it's only. What are you going to have I instead? I it off. has got. I've got an eraser thing. <laughs> what are you going to have instead? <laughs> It this show no... drives me to drink. <laughs> it serves no purpose. Thankfully, that drink is good. Yeah, but Gary, you put that on the shopping list? No, I've got to put that on the shopping <laughs> list. It, it serves so, yeah. no purpose, the food diary.
1: You've wasted it was a nice idea. Shut up. <laughs> it was, I was it a boyfriend. Let now. spend yeah, it, his
3: cash. He's 42. Leave it alone. <laughs>
1: You'll probably end up having a pizza of that leaflet that's just come through the door. You know that's what's going to
3: happen? No, I can't. I can't. Ugh. You will. Download this podcast
2: from thecustardtv.com.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa. Take it easy, Judy.